about old kings <coughs> from Saul to David to Solomon. I want to go to Proverbs chapter 3. Unless you're a history buff, you get tired of history after a little while. <coughs> but I think what we'll do is look at some of the works of Solomon and look through the Proverbs. They're, they're all good, but these are some of the recordings of Proverbs. They're, they're, a proverb will consist of one or two scriptures to... Uh, Sometimes a whole chapter dealing with various issues. But there's a lot of things we can pick up through there as we look at the wisdom that Solomon gained um, through the years. And if you've got a favorite one, let me know and we'll look at it. Proverbs. Psalms. Proverbs, so it'd be right after it. Psalms is the middle of your Bible. Three. We're going to start in verse one. But uh, this this section we're going to do today is kind of my some of my favorite scriptures because it means so much to me. I, Proverbs one talks a, a good bit about. Um, being aware and being strong uh, talks about wisdom, pursuit of wisdom in chapter two, and I, I looked at that and I thought they're good, but I just kind of want to get on over to three. But this proverb says, "My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments." And most of you have raised kids, and you've tried to teach them. Is that not one of the things that you hope your kids grab hold of? Is when they leave that you've, I know at least in my family, I try to teach them to not do my mistakes. You'll make enough of your own. Don't do mine and relive that same thing. But my daddy tried to teach me the same thing. And I didn't always listen to him. I had to experience some of it. But as I got older, I began to realize why he did some of the things he did and why he was hard on me, because I deserved every bit of it. And I see Solomon writing to his son in the same way, hold on to what I've taught you. And I think one reason some of you are having trouble with where the world is today is because you've been raised in an area where we were pretty well immune from a lot of this kind of stuff. A lot of people have been around it their whole life, but those of us who are born and raised in Naples and Omaha, we, if, if you're over 60, you can remember a time that you didn't lock your doors at the home. You could get off the bus anywhere and walk to anybody. If you did something on the other side of town, there was somebody over there that saw you, knew who you were, and knew the phone number to call to get you in trouble. You you were there. I mean, when I was a little kid, I used to walk three or four blocks from where we were living to get a haircut from Bub Hicks. 
You remember Mr. Bub? I can remember that big rascal too. It didn't matter what I told him. He didn't ever listen to me. He gave me the haircut that daddy told him to give me. And he continued to give me that haircut till my daddy told him different. Just trim it a little bit, Bub. He did. Buzz it off. But I was in a town, and I mean, literally, when I was five and six years old, if, if Daddy was working, I could walk to town and get a haircut and walk home. And even when we moved out in the country, rode my bicycle. And that's what's hard for me to grasp. But Daddy taught me a lot of things. And I've tried to teach my kids, but yet a lot of the things they're going to learn is going to be different because we're in a different world today. And Solomon is telling them that. But where did Solomon get his commands? What what was Solomon's heart? What was he teaching them? What was the one thing he could teach them more than anything else? The Scriptures. A love for God. That's why it's so important for parents to be involved you know, I'm glad we have some kids that are brought up and dropped off because it's better than not. But the best thing to do is for parents to come up there and kick them out, put them in there, and then walk in the door. Because your kids are going to mimic what they see from you. And, and if church is important to you, then it will be important to them. If If God is important to you, God will eventually be important to them. And so he wanted him to do that. He gives part of the reward in verse 2. He said, for the length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. I didn't get saved till September of 1982. Um, I look back and I wasted a lot of years prior to that, but I got saved early enough to make a difference in my children's lives and mine. But right there, that's a blessing that I see. My days and years of life have been filled with peace, and I've been relatively healthy. And it's not that bad health is always a sign of bad behavior, but there's a there has been a blessing there because I've I didn't abuse myself in some ways, and in other ways I did, but uh, but I've had a peace about it. And that's really made a difference in my life, and I hope it's made a difference in yours. Because first of all, anxiety will eat away at you if you don't understand the love that God has for you. I, I rest upon those scriptures. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Let your request be made known to God. That one where he told them not to worry because what can you change? We could worry about this drought, but what can you change? All you can do is live through it and, and make adjustments and wait upon God but if you worry you lose sleep 
you lose your health, and you're worrying about something that's totally out of your control. We may not like it, but we might as well just accept it because it's here until God changes it. You could worry about the shape of the nation, but what part of the nation can you change? Only the little circle that you live in. I can't change the whole thing, but I can work within my circle. My circle goes from interstate to Rocky Branch, and I try not to go much further than that. And no further from to Marietta to Mount Pleasant. That's kind of my circle I like. But I can make a difference in the rodeo and various things as we reach people. But outside of that, I'm going to have very little influence. So why worry about all that stuff? Just pray. Do what we can do. Because really and truly, no matter how bad it gets, this is where I'm going to live and die. And I don't know that Washington is going to be overly interested in me. What little deals I do. But... uh, It's not mine either. I mean, I've got kids in Serbia and grandkids there. Kelly was in Florida. But what I'm saying is not so much because I I was blessed to get to come back home. But this is the little world I live in. And it is home. And and there's some blessings in it. But my influence is what I'm trying to bring. This This is my circle of influence that... The only way I'm on in, I'm not going to influence any other town or state without moving there. And even then, that would kind of be my circle. I mean, unless we go nationwide with a broadcast and become like the bishop that had $400,000 worth of jewelry stole off him. I could just see myself. $400,000 worth of jewelry. Standing up. I mean, he was reaching a lot of people, undoubtedly, because they was sending somebody, somebody some money. Um, 
But you know what I'm talking about? I mean, a lot of preachers influence large areas because they're on the national media and various things. Billy Graham affected people beyond. His circle was way bigger than mine. But mine is here. This is where God's planted me, and this is where I'm going to influence. And so I'm okay with that because I'm I'm the most comfortable in this area, and, and I'm comfortable with the people. and um, And so... Well, I'm 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 okay with that, but I I see my circle is what I can do, and if I'm doing better than that, hey, just let me buy some. I want some gold necklaces. But you know, my thought is, instead of buying all them gold necklaces, he may ought to bought a pistol. A little brass and lead would have went a lot further than that gold. Just, just saying. Um, all right. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Kindness and truth. There again, reflecting back on my life, most of the people I grew up around, very truthful. Very truthful. Very loving and caring. And, um, Grew up over there in the edge of Morris County and run over into Cass County and, and me and Carla's brother, we could, we could go hunting on just about anybody's place. And I know I've shared this with you, but they knew we worked and we farmed and all that and cut hay on all these places. But people thought highly of our families and we were able to do stuff and, and that was a blessing. And I, I, I remember, uh, the truthfulness of people and the honesty. That's where I'd like for my grandkids to grow up. I mean, I went to the fire station one day to fight a grass fire and I come back. My keys were in my truck and the window was down and there was a $200 check laying there in the seat. A guy owed me $200 and I said, pay it whenever you can. Well, he drove by. He was comfortable enough to stop, put it in the seat of my truck and it was still there when I got back. But where else could you do that? other than Naples and Omaha. And you couldn't do that today. How many of you locked your doors when you came in church today? Uh-huh. Some of you are still living in the 80s, 70s, and 80s. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> but, you know, the kindness and truth can you imagine the community that we'd have? And apply that to the church. The reason a lot of people like coming here is because the way you treat them. And I've heard that time and time again. That your friendliness and your your 
having fun and sitting around eating ice cream and getting early and then staying late. And, and, and it is, and that's the way a church should be. Uh, the ability to help people when they're hurting, that's where we need to be. And he says, bind them around your neck. Bind, what's he binding? The kindness and truth that he wants them to have. Write them on the tablet of your heart. In order to put them someplace where you never forget them. And be willing to help and do those things so that they'll grow wisdom. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Not every man's going to like you for your walk with God. But God's always going to love you because you walk with Him. And godly men or women will like you because of who you are. Um, Why well, he chase these rabbits, but this is my pet peeve, and I'm going to tell you, if you're so flashy that you wear $400,000 worth of jewelry, do you really care about the people that you're preaching to, or do you care about the money? And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the jewelry, but to me that seems a little excessive, you know, especially when you're asking people to contribute to the ministry. So to me, I'm thinking, okay, a little jewelry, all right, if you need that to do. But how many of those dollars could have went to really making a difference? And how many dollars was being taken from little old men and little old women that didn't have it to give because of false statements. In other words, the name it, claim it type deal. You give me, and God's going to give you. They're trying to meet budget. I've heard of that going on for years. But but there again, we, we've been at this church for 17 years. We've never passed a plate in that boot, in that boot, in the two that back there have sustained us for 17 years. Never passed a plate. And that will dumbfound people. They, after two or three Sundays, they come to me and they say, y'all don't ever pass the plate. I said, no. We got a boot. You give, and we'll take it. We'll do the best we can. You see what jewelry I got? That's the first time I wore a wedding ring in 44 years. And I bought it last time I was at Branson because it says, Man of God, First Timothy six eleven, I think. Got two crosses on it. And I told my wife, I said, Can't wear my original, but I'll wear this one. I'm married to you and God.
That's all the jewelry I need right there. But that, and I'm not, I guess I am down on it, but what I want you to understand is our churches need to be about loving people and ministering to people and doing things for them. And I'm really down on preachers Just be truthful. I'm down on preachers that ripping their people off. You know, uh, they're uh, I just the, invest in the ministry. Back in the eighties, when everybody was getting caught with their hands in the kitty. Some in, some people went after Billy Graham. And they investigated his finances. He made seventy five thousand dollars a year. A world famous preacher paid himself seventy five thousand dollars a year, and that was enough and plenty. And and it was good salary then. But how many millions of dollars did he handle? Millions and millions. But people would give to him because it went into the ministry. And Franklin Graham today runs one of the greatest institutions of mercy around because Dad taught him not to be greedy. And... uh That's the way I, I think it ought to be done. And that's what I think every Christian ought to live, that kind of life. Because the vanity, and if you go over and read Ecclesiastes about the vanity of all that, how much do you need? Did anybody win the, the Mega Millions last night? It was $830 something million. Boy, wouldn't that be something? Nine hundred nine. It's gonna be a billion dollars for us, said Now, what I, I know, we all dream about what we could do, but what would other people do if you won that? Everybody in the world would be after you. You'd have cousins, cousins of cousins that you never knew you had cousins of. So anyway, is there? Ah, right, getting to my favorite verses. I don't. I, ooh, about time. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. What does that verse tell you? You trust in the Lord with every ounce of your being, and don't put a lot of wisdom in what you know. And then finally, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. That ought to keep you pretty humble. Because he's the only one we can trust in. And no matter how bad it gets, he's going to be there for us. Well, preacher, you just don't know. I can't pay my bills.
He's still there for you. We're struggling, paying gas, my electric bill higher than it ever had been last month. But God bless. I've got the money to pay for it. I'm not adjusting my thermostat up at all. At night, I go down. But we run about 75, 76 during the day. But uh, that's where I like it. But I'm blessed to be able to do it. But I have been broke. I've lived paycheck to paycheck. God told me one time he couldn't afford to tithe. I said, I can't afford not to. He said, well, you don't make as much as I do. I said, sure don't. I said, sometimes there's only 60 or $70 in the checking account, but I'm going to keep giving to God because he keeps giving to me. And he's always managed to take care of me. I may have had to make some adjustments and do stuff, but out of the blue, he'd help. He'd do something. And I am going to trust in him. Because if I lose everything here on this earth, I've still got him. Bought springs. I was thinking about that. Mowers on the side of I-20. Set of grass fire the other day. I think there was 11 houses burnt up. So somebody went to work that day, and when they came home, they had no place to live. Lost everything. You could lose everything before you get home tonight. But what do you still have? I have my faith. I have my wife. I've got children. And I've got you. So I'm way ahead of a lot of folks. I could live in a lot less. So, whatever, <laughs> when Barbara and I got married, we didn't own anything paid for. I had payments on a pickup. She had payments on a car. When I bought her wedding ring and we got married, I had $80 in a chicken account. I was rich. I could also bought every groceries I needed for the first month for $83. I went and bought eggs today in a 50-pound box of potatoes so we could feed the teachers next week, and it was $178. Eggs are $4 a dozen, $4.13 a dozen if you buy them from Ben E. Keith. For eggs, potatoes. I asked her, I said, well, Shelby, how much were the potatoes? She said $60-something dollars. I said, last September when I bought 50 pounds of potatoes, they were $32. So they doubled. Can't worry about it. But things have really changed. And it's still changing. That's why God puts us together as a church. To love on one another, take care of one another help one another and be a blessing to one another. And I'm going to brag on these men and women that get up there every Sunday morning. Some of them have to have help getting up and some have to have help getting down. 
But I looked up there, and we had a lead mop up there Sunday. And I I loved it. And I loved that walking with Jesus. We don't have a full-time piano player. we got two part-timers. <laughs> All-timers. But you know what? I know every one of you that's up there is giving it from your heart. So I'm all right with that. Would I like to have more? Oh yeah, I could. I like music. It sure helps with preaching. But I'm blessed to have the ones I got getting up there and doing it. And so I think it's a, a real blessing. So if you want to real musical group. We got a couple of them coming. We got one coming at the end of August. Uh, Diane and Charles has got some friends from over the backwoods of Louisiana. We all have some good picking and grinning on August 27th. With that little group, that's a Saturday night. And then we got the Pride family coming October 9th. And y'all know they can get with it. And, stuff. and uh, that'll be our real music. The rest of it will just be down home folks that's singing from their heart. Some of y'all sing pretty good too. I catch some of you going to kick you up here, make y'all get up here. Because you're blessed. But I'm thankful being a church that just loves people, loves to worship. Because I know you're trusting in the Lord. So old Solomon was pretty wise, wasn't he? A lot of wisdom in these books. I knew a lady one time used to read a proverb every day. She said, there's 31 of them. She said, I'll read one every day. And then in February and months of only 30, she said, I'll read two. But there's a lot of wisdom there. And a lot in the rest of it, too. So don't just get stuck reading them. But we'll kind of look through there. If you've got a favorite one, let me know. If not, I'm going to pick and choose through there and look at something and try to give you a little information. At least till September. Then I'll get down to something real serious. I, I don't know, folks. This heat bothers me, too, and I never know who all's going to come. So I guess I'm kind of cruising myself. Been working this week. We've been trying to help church members and various things. We'll see what comes in September. John, how you doing on your house? That was a good day then. Yeah. He's learning. He'll be the one only one of his block that's ever drove a team of mules, I imagine. Well you can go out tomorrow. Okay. Let me close in prayer and let you go. Father, thank you once again for blessing and watching over. And I do pray for this group. I thank you for their love and compassion for one another. I thank you for their support for the kingdom and for all that they do. Pray that you continue to use us, Father. Bless us. Just allow us to be a blessing to each other. Lift one another up. Because this is our family. And we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And um, 
we're we're kin by blood, and that's the blood of Christ, and our faith in Him is what unites us together. So bless them and keep them. Give them those things that you know they need. I ask it in your name. Amen.